After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin and Robert Young. Yo. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Yo. So, gentlemen, I want to talk about career paths, trajectories. Mm. Oh, and sure. future you versus present you. Okay. What are you doing right now for future you? Hmm. I can start. Yeah, go for it, Justin. I've always wrestled with this uh, uh, question because I've never really known what my clear path was in life. Uh, uh, I've always known, I've always kind of had a project, um, but I remember, uh, uh, you know, vividly in my in my twenties, uh, you know, being involved in really really cool stuff. A lot of it with Andrew. Where people would be like, "Oh, well, what's what's the what's the Justin project? What's 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 mm. the Justin path?" And I'm like, "Oh, I have no idea." Like, I guess I I didn't really have that have that vision. But I will say now that um, you know, for me, Dog and Pony Show Audio, the idea of starting a production company and creating enough product that gets people uh, uh excited and 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 establishing a little bit of a brand um that that is what i want to continue to build on as a uh uh a, a safeguard for the future you know it's something that i can build i can employ people i can uh, uh use it to create my own stuff i can create stuff for other people uh and then theoretically have that be a gateway uh you know to either sell or merge with uh, another larger entity uh that can trust in me and my team to continue to build really cool stuff but i, I think that that uh, uh owning the means of production is a very uh a good way to continue to be able to create things that you like mm-hmm. um i i I think in, to the question, what am I doing now to the benefit of future me? Um, you know, one of the things, it's more behind the scenes thing, I guess, but that's what the show is. Um, uh, you know, behind the scenes, we've got other editors, other crew who work on some of the other shows and stuff. And so, um, you know, uh, for the past, I don't know, year or so, I've kind of been We've had, we've uh, Heather Tate, who is one of our rem- our remote editors. She's been doing a lot of the. It was great to meet her, by the way. She was fantastic. She was here for Founders Week. Yeah, um, and uh, so she she ends up doing a lot of the the editing for Scam Nation nowadays, um, which you know had historically been me, your job, me and Brant, me and uh, Jeff back in the day. Um, uh, uh, Zach did a few, um, and so. It, that I think I may have even talked about on this program before, but it's 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 a little strange being in a supervisory role to somebody. Um, uh, but in that, you know, in a, in a very kind of objective way, that's that is, is management experience, um, and and 
like just working with other people. Like one of the very weird things about the 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 video genre medium that we're in versus say TV or film even um, is that it's very it's very one person projects. Uh, yeah, you know, we, it takes a couple of people to shoot, say something like Scam Nation, but one person finishes the video and get gets it done. It's not a whole thing. It is not a big, you know, overview process. And so, I'm still kind of getting used to that and getting 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 figured out like what seems to work best. How do I, uh, you know, how do I discipline or try to exert any amount of authority? But but um. I think that's like a, a big thing I'm working on right now. Um, and it doesn't materialize in new projects and new podcasts and anything, but I think that that, you know, for probably what it looks like I'm doing in 15 or 20 years, it'll probably be something more like that and a little bit less hand to keyboard time. I, I think that, I mean, that, that's, that's, Picking up the skills that you know later on, like that was one of my weaknesses. Was yeah, I never. I would sometimes work with groups, like on a TV production or something like that. And sometimes I'd be in a supervisory position, but usually I had a partner or somebody else who was able to do kind of the more of the people management thing, and I would just be more about the project itself or the idea. Uh, and that's a skill to this day that you know now I'm in a situation where I've got to kind of work with other groups and sort of manage certain things. Um, more still project side, like I might collaborate with stuff. Like we did a really great video that I love that we did for at OpenAI, and that was just working with a good team of people that knew what they needed to do, and, and that was just more collaboration. So, I I think the biggest you know, again my biggest weakness one was early on is I never put myself in a position where I had to collaborate a lot, and. Mm-hmm. That's a skill that I had to sort of develop later on in life, and I think I'm still struggling to develop because I'm often, I'm very good at the, if X needs to be done, I'll go off and go do X. If X needs to be done, but I need Y and Z from two other people, that is, that's a thing that I'm learning. That's a thing I'm developing because that that's a thing that's sort of a challenge for me because I work at my own speed and mm-hmm. also I by my own sense of priority. It's not to say, oh, everyone else is too slow. It's often just I might prioritize something at 2 a.m. because it's on my mind. Yeah. So I would say so for the future version of me is I'm trying to learn some foundational things that maybe aren't important to me now, but I know that my growth are going to be critical. The The best thing I ever did, and I've gone on this over and over again for future me, was just investing, just getting the habit of putting money away. That is literally, you know, like I sat down to put together, like, what's what do I think my investment strategy is going to be over the next several years and not wait because like every time I get a book deal or whatever, I'll get a large chunk of change or whatever, and then it's like, oh, I'll just I'll put that into you know a, a, a money market account, and then decide what I'm going to go invest. And now I'm like, nah, I'm going to make a more. I've done very. I've been very lucky, very, very, very lucky by my investments, but they've all been thought through. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to put more thought through, so I have an approach going in the future about what I'm going to do and kind of a strategy there, but. Financially, that's the thing that the best thing I ever did for Future Me was just try to plan out Future Me's finances to make sure that Future Me mm. is going to be, you know, comfortable. Um, I I still live in a two-bedroom apartment, you know, one car. And, and there are things where I go, oh, I'd like to get that. I could afford that. I'd like to do that. I could afford that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, yeah, but I'm not really, which am I going to like this? Well, having this thing now or having 10x the value of this five or 10 years down the road? Because I kind of have the things that I need right now. And so... 
that's part of it is like that delayed gratification for certain things is a big part of it. Discipline but, is a mm-hmm. huge thing just in general. I would, I would say that, that, uh, good habits are discipline. Uh, positive habits are, 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 are discipline and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's easy to say and, and hard to do, but if you have discipline, man, like that's, that's it. Anything well, is possible. But I, yes, yes. And I'll add to that too, though. I, I had this observation is that I ran into somebody who'd worked at Robinhood with their user interface and I was complimenting Robinhood, the app for like buying stocks and crypto and all that. And I complimented on the app. And one of the things I thought that like, uh, an insight that I had, I, this is the first time I've ever shared this, was like, if I was going to take something like that to the next step, I would make that when you buy a stock or buy a thing, make it even more visual, even more of a representation, because I've noticed that the way that people might uh, fetishize, oh, I bought this pair of sneakers or this artwork or this other thing or whatever, I feel that way about the stocks that I buy. I yeah. kind of, I get, I get a short-term value out of it of like, oh, I have this thing or I'm part of this thing or whatever. And if that company does well or whatever, it's kind of like owning part of a sports team in a sense. And so there is something to the idea of where, yes, it can be to make, to start doing that planning that, but it has become the sort of like other people wake up and they check the sports scores. I wake up to check a portfolio and I go, oh, how did this do? How did this do? That's a fascinating idea of, of, of identity stocks. Because we certainly saw that over the last year, you know, when you had mm-hmm. all the all, all the meme stock stuff. But uh, it very much is the case for, I mean, stocks like Tesla and 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 stuff like that. Like people are, you know, identified by it. They they they. It says something about them. Yeah, there yeah. there is. You feel that like you know maybe part of it's like how it's shareholder, but yeah. So I think that's a thing I advise to people is that starting just a little bit owning one share or two shares and stuff like this then you'll emotionally you'll be more involved in following what's going on and you'll care and want to know what's taking place with a particular stock mm-hmm. and then other things like i do i've told before i do udemy courses all the time i don't always finish them i just might get enough to, to learn a thing out of there but that that habit i had that i started six years ago of just taking courses after courses after courses is just opened up so many opportunities to me later on because sometimes it's not like oh we don't need the person who knows more than anybody else about this we just need somebody who knows this and this other thing yeah if you have those two skills then all of a sudden that was you know scott adams who uh can sometimes say i think some very crazy stuff but sometimes some very very smart things talked about skill stacking and how if you stack a bunch of skills together all of a sudden that becomes really unique so Mm. um and my uh, advice to uh, one, I'm going to give a piece of advice to everybody. The two things that I've learned, like one is learn to write. And even writers don't know how to write. I know people I've encountered people like, oh, I love to write. And I read like, yeah, you know how to write 2000 words. You know how to fit 100 words into 2000 words. Yeah. Learn to write succinctly. Learn. To, and I'm still struggling with this, but learn to write succinctly. Because when you want to go out in life and do things and communicate your ideas to other people, learning to write is the first step. Next step is also learning how to communicate and speak. But if you can succinctly communicate a complex idea in just a paragraph or two, that is power. That is a tremendous amount of power. And my one tip is before you start to write everything, write the TLDR first. Write the TLDR first because that will mind you what your point is and what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, Going back to something uh, one of you said uh, a few minutes ago about um, discipline, right? Um, Yeah. I, I think for 
some people, the opposite or the flip side of the discipline coin is confidence. Um, in that I think there are some people who have confidence and need discipline. And I think that there are some people who have discipline but need confidence, if that makes sense. Like like you you are you are too good at, at disciplining yourself into a, a thing that you need the confidence to break out of it and, and do something different. Yeah. If the idea of discipline as advice for someone who is uh, say undisciplined or 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 um, sloppy or what, what whatever uh, have you. Yeah, but sorry. There, fin- there, finish your point. There are plenty of people who have skills who are talented, who have the potential to gain skills and gain talents, um, who don't because they are afraid of uh, afraid of not succeeding. They're failed, uh, afraid of um, consequences of of um, uh, in. Punity, you know, punity. Like there are people who 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 the only thing stopping them is confidence, and and so I think, and and I don't think you gain, or maybe you can, but I don't necessarily know that you have to gain confidence through discipline as well. No, I mean, I think well, confidence is is a whole different thing, which is, uh, uh man, I, I, I it is certainly a trait of its era. You know, you you see you know, videos and stuff online of like, like how to gain five perfect ways <laughs> that you gain confidence of a Sigma male or something like that. Yeah. Uh, when I say discipline, what, what, what I mean is just uh, setting goals and being, you know, religious about how you get there. You know, th- there is a lot of equivocation that comes with being an intelligent person. Um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, uh, some people that I've known that I would, uh, that are amazing humans, but I would not consider to be the greatest pattern recognizing brains on the planet, uh, uh, often are just like, Oh, uh, I thought you were going to do this. And they're like, no, I stopped. <laughs> like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's that. When I ask a smart person why they didn't do the thing that they had set out themselves, holy crap, do I get a gigantic book of reasons? Like I, I get, I get every reason on the planet, cosmic and micro, uh, uh, there's, there's a million different, uh, 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 uh reasons upon reasons upon reasons upon reasons. Not aware numbers are in front of Andrew's face figuring out who. Look, I'm just saying, I, I've, I've done it. I've done it too. And, and you know, it's, 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 you know, why isn't everybody making the money that they want to make? Why isn't everybody in, 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 in the shape they want to be in? And, and a lot of it is like. Discipline at the end. I mean, there's a million reasons that go into what happens before that. But if you genuinely are like, I want to do this, the the difference between Andrew being somebody who understands code and where he is now is his discipline to sit down and, and, and go through all these uh, Udemy courses and, and, and do have the discipline to, to, to go through it and and do the work. Yeah. I, I had, and and a hundred percent, what you said. It's almost like you had a case study in front of you to observe all this from, which you know we'll find out who that was. But excuses. The more creative you are, the more creative you are at your excuses, and the more good you are convincing yourself this is a good reason to not do a thing. And I, it took me, it took me a good decade to realize, oh, the enemy is. Once it gets hard, I just invent a reason why I should give up and do something else. And that's when I made the realization, I need to pick a task 
and never give up. The first one was getting on TV. was like, I am going to pick this and never give up until I'll, I'll give myself 10 years, 10 years to try to do this. If for other, no other reason, if I want to do anything in life, I got to be able to follow something through. So that was a big, big, big thing for me. And then I applied that to books where I'm like, if I start a book, I'm going to finish the book. doesn't matter if the book is going to suck. And I realize, oh, this, I will finish that thing because I don't want to train myself to be somebody who leaves things incomplete. And I get in arguments of friends or kids like, yeah, but I'm like, like, listen, the, there will be more books. There'll be more dreams. There'll be more projects, more ambitions. But if you've never forced yourself and I, I talked to a friend the other day who I think is a highly clever creative person and he is a very he's a person I think regrets very much in his life that he never followed something all the way through and he would still defend like why well, I, I couldn't do this because of this couldn't do this it's like like dude like while you were justifying that there were people flipping you know creating and flipping and selling companies entire empires multiple times they followed it through to its extension while the other person's justifying it and so for me, that was a big thing was to realize like this. And also, like, I had to uh, two things to say. One is I got to a point where I knew some very smart people who were very, very accomplished. And I remember at that time, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've decided to learn to code because I'd like to do this. And I'm told, like, oh, no, you don't need to do that. Hire somebody else who does that. You don't need to do this. And I'm like, ah. Maybe that's the smart way to do the way the way they, to where they got to where they were. That would probably be the right approach. But I'm like, I I need to understand this. I really want to. I don't want to be in a world of trying to build things I don't understand or do things I don't understand at some level. And I so I have to follow that. And to me, the idea of me saying I'm going to go learn X and somebody's saying you don't need to. Well, what's the worst case scenario? I learn it and I don't need it, versus yeah. failing and never having known it. So. That was one of the smartest decisions I ever made, and that actually worked out for me wonderfully for you know, multiple reasons. The other thing I'm going to say, and this is going to be harsh, and this is something that really was sort of expressed to me a while ago, was uh, uh, you know, if, if I was told this, like, if you're so smart, why aren't you, like, rich and doing the thing you love? And that was... It was this, okay, if I think I know how the world works and I think I'm smarter than everybody else, then maybe I should have solved for that problem. Why couldn't I solve? And that hurt because I was like a smart person. Having that somebody say that was just like, but, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I don't know as much about how the world works. Maybe I don't know as much about how things do because I know dumb people are able to do that. And I know people, you know, other people do it. And it can't always be luck. And that's a factor. And I think that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow, and I think some people hearing me say this, it's not fun. Uh, it yeah. ain't. It ain't. Uh, uh, and and man, uh, uh, if 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 you could assign a weight to it, the amount of times that Andrew and I sat at an Arby's in in South Florida and solved every movie franchise, every script, every every and, little and, thing on, on on the planet, and 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 you know, there's there's a there's a Kanye line because uh, there is for everything. Wow. Uh, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. and it's stuck with me because it's like if you can do it, then do it. Do it. And let's clarify, if you're a school teacher in Iowa or, you know, working with a group of students and you enjoy this and you've got your retirement put away and you're not worried about your financial future and you enjoy going to work and doing that, that's fine. You've won. You've won more sure. than any billionaire, just about anybody else in life. Let me make that very clear. If you are in a job that you love and your financial security is secure enough 
that you're not panicking about these things, that is admirable. And that is winning. That is winning. And I'm talking more to like the the creative types, like I want to take over the world or like so-and-so's an idiot. And yeah, I'm like, on know Twitter, it like, know it alls. Because yeah. we're know it alls. And take it from us. Yeah. We are we are class A weapons grade <laughs> know it alls who believe that 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 we can solve for all these things that these dumb idiots are doing in, in various different places in art and politics. Like Andrew and I have had conversations about all of them. How to solve it easy facts we've dotted all of our i's and crossed all of our t's and i think both of us at at various points have to do the gut check of like hey look if if we're if, if we can really see the code in the matrix neo then then why aren't we flying why don't we know kung fu and and you know if if you're if you're working at something and you don't know why you're not as successful as other people which a it's don't it's not good to compare yourself just to other people especially but um like, hey, hey, you should consider the element that there is something that you don't know about or something that you're not taking into consideration that other people have. Um, whether that's fundamental, major, uh, world-shattering uh, criticism of your idea. Maybe you have a bad idea. Maybe you've got something nobody wants. Maybe you've got something that people can get better, quicker, faster, freer, something. Um, but if, if, if you're running up against failure and, and it's, you know, you're doing something other people are doing, you should consider maybe there's something outside of your paradigm that you are not realizing has influence over what you're doing. Let let me just say this to, to dovetail on that. I don't think you get any actionable lessons until you complete a thing. Yeah. I think that, that all, everything that you know up until then is is a a blurry half developed Polaroid photo, and it it might be James A. Garfield, it might be your grandma. You don't know until you get to the end, until you finish something. And that about creative projects, I believe a billion percent. I mean, like that might be the case in business, but I ain't been in a whole lot of businesses. But I've been in plenty of creative situations for which, like the the thing halfway through that you're like oh my god i realized halfway through that bleep flop bloop Mm -hmm. get to the end and even if what you're saying bryce like oh you you do a thing and nobody wants it god is that a buffet of lessons it is so many lessons like you have to to make you so much better Mm -hmm. immediately if you actually listen to it but you you have to be open to that perspective oh boy do you You have to be open to the idea that you you might be wrong your idea and your decisions Mm -hmm. may not have been the best most efficient most effective whatever uh you need to swallow the pill you need to learn the words a no no blame no no blame debrief and uh and and go from there there's a lesson too, because also like um, watching the little uh, the brouhaha over Elon Musk and Twitter, mm-hmm. and 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 Elon. By the way, is, pay the over on that. We didn't bring it up once this episode until right now. <laughs> yeah, Elon is certainly has a polarizing effect on people, and it is very interesting because it's sort of like I notice certain kinds of people respond to him one way. Some people are just indifferent. Other people have another reaction, and and you know this is a guy that it's it's funny. Because you're like, you have, hey, what are the stories of the week? Like, ah, him buying Twitter, Elon cost story. Also, 
Ukraine. Oh, yeah, you know, he's shipping thousands of terminals to the Ukraine to do this, and he's somehow in that story. And then you get the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, and here comes Elon Musk. From it. You're like, man, this guy just somehow, you know, forced comes his way. Yeah. yeah, he just manages to get into every sort of thing. And so the thing that I saw that I was thought was interesting is that there are people that categorize kind of every successful person into one thing and generally like, well, they were lucky. They were lucky. And I believe there are probably a number of billionaires, people like this, that get had luck. Luck was a big part of it. But there are some people I think like, yeah, luck probably paid a part, but they're these serial successful people. They're people that just continuously successful. Warren Buffett was really good at picking stocks over and over again. There was a time when people in the market said, ah, he's a Six Sigma. He's a statistical outlier because he threw into question the way everybody else did stuff because average mutual fund would perform worse than the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And you're trying to pitch a mutual fund and people are like, why don't I buy Berkshire Hathaway? And like, you had to have this narrative for why uh, he wasn't good at what he did because it made everybody else look bad. It made yeah. you look, if you were a professional investor, Warren Buffett made you look really bad when you wanted to sort of say there's no sure thing, and there isn't, but anyhow, I like paying attention to people who are either one, somebody who's stuck with a company for 20 or 30 years, and it's been instrumental in every sort of decision, like Jeff Bezos with Amazon, or people who have created multiple things, and that's the thing about, like, Musk is like, I, I get, you know, I get, he's a, he is a very, he is an out there personality, so I can get why people who have a problem with that, whatever, I, I, I totally understand that, but when it comes to his success, there's so much to be studied there. And the same with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs and Elon Musk were both serial entrepreneurs. Steve Jobs created, you know, of the three companies he created, um, all exist in one form today. Apple, Pixar, and then Next, both the case of Pixar and Next, they ended up becoming part of bigger companies, and their culture helped influence the larger company. Yeah. The mm-hmm. people running Apple today are people who run an Apple in its most successful period of time were next people. So I'm saying this guy learned and knew something. Another person I'll throw out there is uh, Louise Von Ahn, okay? And you go, like, who's he? You know, like, he's a name that's not as, doesn't get as much attention as other people, but he created Duolingo, which is the most popular language learning app on the planet, right? So he created Duolingo. Before he did that, he created ReCAPTCHA. And before that, he helped create CAPTCHA. He created CAPTCHA, which was just, hey, how do we help solve the problem of bots trying to log on to web pages and stuff? And then he realized one day he's like, man, like, we're spending like 500,000 hours a day or whatever of people solving these things. What if we use that to solve problems? And so then ReCAPTCHA became a thing for, he created a platform where that's how people were transcribing the New York Times, the Mm. New York Times archives, where they would grab smidgets of text from there have show the same text to multiple people and if they agreed that became that and so that's how they converted the micro you know the microfilm of the new york times Damn. into text form mm-hmm. and he was getting paid like forty seven thousand dollars for every year of their text that it which brilliant and then he goes creates duolingo which is a multi-billion dollar company and he's a macarthur fellow all this so there are people out there that really that, that are worth studying to say like why their brains work differently you know uh von Ant is from guatemala you know, he actually got picked, like, you know, like interviewed when he was 18 by Duke because they were looking for international students. And they met with him and said, you should really come to America, go study at Duke. His parents were wise enough to have him learn English when he was young. He pointed out the fact that in Guatemala that, like, if you learn English, he says, just learning English alone, you'll make twice as much as anybody else. And so you watch this guy and he makes these analysis and observations. And so I'm like, study people who reality keeps seem to work out in their favor. Do, do, do you have a 
a profile or a book that somebody, if someone was interested in the Duolingo guy, that did you just like, is, was there, had you read a story on him or a book, a Wikipedia page? Like if someone wanted to study this person, uh, uh, how did, how would they get to the level of knowledge that you I collect shared? these stories, Bryce, I collect uh, these stories. So, um, I, he I listens could, on I, the wind. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could probably spend hours going into like these sorts of things cause they're fascinating, but, uh, sure, do you, yeah, I would say do a Google search for like a biography or like look up his name on like YouTube. Like do look at the YouTube because I'm sure there'll be a business profile because he's a story that I've heard a couple of times that you go, oh, okay, this is a it resonates to me because I probably heard on a podcast there or somebody else. So, uh, so it's it's uh, look up like just do a Google search or do in Wikipedia for Louis Van On and or do, for Duolingo and you get his name and you can click through there and probably just do a search on YouTube and that's I. That's my habit at night, by the way, now, is, like, I spend half an hour to hour just watching educational content on YouTube. YouTube docs. Yeah, I just start going through, digging through stuff, biographies on people, all sorts of stuff, breakdowns, whatever, and just and, and watch a bunch of them on a topic and, mm. uh, you know, start to follow through. But, yeah, he's just this, and the company itself, Duolingo, is a very fascinating company. And he's, he's one of these people you listen to talk because he was... He taught, you know, he uh, taught graph theory and, and it's just a very smart guy. And sometimes we talk to smart people who sort of feel like the world is stacked against them. They're like, oh, the world doesn't recognize gene. Like, no, it actually, if you're smart and you're an entrepreneur, it, that's who's killing it right now. Yeah. You know, the guys that were in chess club and, you know, the, the women who were, you know, studying the sciences and stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Didn't mean to derail that whole thing there. Yeah, but, um, I think we I think we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so now everybody, uh, you're all better. Yep, we so yeah. uh, <laughs> solved uh, we solved your problems, <laughs> uh, both cosmetic and uh, deeply in your soul. Yeah, and uh, voila, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, build build like my. Of my many, many problems, part of it was I keep I kept wanting to have the bigger idea, the better idea. And 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 I realized that several years into that, like, man, even if I did a small thing, that's better than nothing. Finishing oh, a thing, God, whether it was yeah. yeah, for me it was like even if it was making making the world's worst feature length movie, I still made a feature length movie. And even if it was writing the worst novel, still wrote a novel. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I wrote a pro- computer program, well, I still wrote a computer program. And if I'm able to learn, and that's that feedback that like who who succeeds, what businesses or people succeed, the ones that get more data about what works and what doesn't. You pointed out, Justin, about like how if you don't put something out there, you will never know. Oh God! I mean, it's it's you know the the first step is courage to do it. Uh, the second step is the discipline to get to the end of it, and the third step is the wisdom to understand what was good and what was bad about it. Like, and, and if, and if you can develop those three things, boy, do is, is, is the world way simpler. That's the other thing I think, all right, my final thought on this, if you don't finish and release things, and I'm specifically talking about creative stuff now, if you don't finish and release things, then you literally will be paralyzed by the ifs and buts because they will be hypotheticals to you. If I were better at this, but it was this thing. Uh, When you put stuff out, you at least know, okay, 
uh, there's a lot of work I need to do in terms of this, that, you know, or, or you start to listen to like, uh, uh, other things that are contemporary to be totally honest. Like there was the last five years really for me have been listening to high end podcasts, podcasts that are put out by the biggest people that they're, that, that can employ a lot of people, uh, and trying to make my stuff from the writing to the recording to how it sounds sound either indistinguishable from or in my opinion better than and that's where really it's like in your head when you're starting out you think like no 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 my style the thing that i figured out that's the secret like i'm just going to roll out this brilliant idea that my gigantic throne brain came up with uh and then you realize, oh, my God, there are miles in craft, miles and miles and miles away before I'm close to the craft that I that I need to be at. And once you can get there craft wise, that's where all those ideas, that's where your personal style can separate you from other people. And and uh, uh, but you got that's that's you got to walk that path, man. You got to. It There's no shortcut. It used to drive me nuts because I'd ask my dad and be like, "What do you What do you think about this idea?" And my dad would be like, "Ideas are cheap. Ideas are cheap. Ideas are cheap." And and it always, I'm like, "No, but this is a good idea." And it's like, you do then eventually reach a point where you have a good idea every day, and that you look at a thing and you you read you know a technology section like, "Oh, this company's doing this," and you're like, "Oh yeah, you know that's that's you know I was looking at that problem and that looked like a great solution." Because you realize that's not the hard part isn't finding a problem or even coming up with a way to make a solution you know, for a solution for it. It's making it. It's making yeah. it work and putting that together. And why do serial entrepreneurs some of them succeed? It's because they it's not just that they they're it's not just, oh, I have a good idea. And people that hurts people to think because they think all I need is that idea. If I had thought of Google and you know, I've had friends like, ah, oh, I have this billion dollar idea, and I'm like, cool. Um you know, like even great ideas fail and you got to build the thing. And, and that's that that weird kind of confidence. Uh, I just found a clip, too, which is uh, Louise Von Ahn, uh 11 years ago was at TED and he talked about CAPTCHA and he talked about reCAPTCHA and he talked about his brand new project, which was going to translate the web into other languages where people could do this and, and learn languages for free, which was Duolingo. And this is where he first said, hey, if you want to sign up for this. Wow. So 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years later, billion, billion, multi-billion dollar company. And he told everybody what he was going to do. And think about this. People get very precious about their idea. Like, oh, I don't want somebody to take this idea. One, the people capable of running to that idea are out there worrying about their own stuff. Yeah. They're already trying to do their own things. You might be in a point where you get really far along and you show progress and somebody says, I'll do this, you know, or somebody's so directionally into a thing, you might say something. But for the most part, it's like, I, I get people, I want to tell you this idea I have for an app, and can I get you to sign an NDA? And I'm like, one, I'm not, this is me personally speaking, I'm like, I don't have the time to help with this. And two, if you've not a developer, not even done anything, I guarantee you, you're going to tell me this thing, and I'm going to show you five things just like it that already exist. Yeah. Because nobody wanted to go, they don't want to know that it's been tried because they think the idea is what's special. But think about this, 10 years ago, this guy got up in front of a TED audience on a video that now has had... Uh, this one's had 300,000 views, but when it was showed on TED back then, it was probably aired, alt, whatever, streamed live, etc. Millions of people were told about this thing that he was going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to make it work. And 10 years later, he's the one that did it. 
People could have tried to take it, could have tried to steal it, do it, whatever. Maybe other people did. But to make it work, you had to be a guy like him. My pick is Duolingo. <laughs> yeah. Duolingo is good. It's a good app. I need to get back on it. I I, I, I fell off. I was I was learning Spanish. I like that. You you uh, fell off the Spanish track. Well, I was grumbling in Spanish. So. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I I don't know. I wanted I wanted to wanted to learn Spanish. I really just only want to learn Spanish in the way that all the Spanish speakers in Miami do, which is like every fourth word. Mm. Every it's like. People in Miami Spanglish. know Spanish in the same way that the hype man at a rap concert knows all the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. It's like just kind of every fourth word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, gosh, I don't know if I have a pick that is on topic for today. But, um, uh, skip. My pick is skip. Skipping it. I'm skipping it. My pick is actually a quote um, that came from like doing a deep dive into some other stuff by, by Charlie Munger. Raise your hand if you know who Charlie Munger is. I've heard the Sounds name. Sounds familiar. Okay. So and everybody's heard the name, and I'll go this, and I'll say it, and you'll go, oh, yeah, of course, Charlie Munger. When we say Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett, what we really mean is Warren Buffett and his partner, mm, Charlie Munger. There we They're go. the two people that run... Berkshire Hathaway, Berkshire right? And these Hathaway. guys. Yep. And Charlie Munger is uh, probably a hundred years old right now. Uh, Charlie Munger is ninety-eight years old. Ninety-eight years old. Okay. And he is a very ready to run for they, president. <laughs> yep. They when Charlie and Warren talk, it's very interesting because they kind of they politically Warren's like the Democrat, Charlie's the Republican, but they're the back and forth and kind of the the yin and their sort of yang which is a very, I think it was a great strategy is to say, what are you, what do you, how do you see things that I don't see? What's your approach that I don't, whatever. But uh, this is a thing we've talked about. We've danced around for years about this, but uh, he, he quote from Charlie Munger. I never allow myself to hold an opinion on anything that I don't know the other side's argument better than they do. Yep. Mm. Yep. Which is powerful. You think about like, I think about how many things I have opinions on and I, I look at how many times I told people like, oh, well, this, this, this. And I'm like, do I know that? Yeah. Do I really know that? I know the smart people I agree with say that, but I don't know this. And if I was challenged and had to debate this, I might not be able to. It's why I, I forced myself to go see Michael Moore movies. <laughs> I was like, it I is, knew I was going to back. This is back in the day when they actually mattered, but like, yeah. uh, uh, I knew I was going to get into arguments about him. And so I was like, I, I, just, I have to see it yeah. because if I don't yeah. see it, it'd be like, well, did you know that every, every child gets shot every day? And I was like, I don't <laughs> wow. think that even is statistically possible. <laughs> it was in the movie though. Did you see the scene in the movie with the puppets? And I'm like, no, I didn't see the scene of the movie. So I had to go see. So I will say, I think it's, it is, it is worth having your own barometer of what is important. <laughs> to, you, we have forgotten to pick our battles. Pick your battles, people. Oh yeah, like, but then, then as of now, I'm in a field where I need to have pedantic. What you, and, and Munger's saying, if I'm gonna, if I'm, if it's worth me having yes, an opinion exactly. on, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just if yeah. I'm gonna have an opinion Not for on everything, I, yeah, yep. yeah. Again, it says if I'm going to have an opinion, meaning if I'm gonna enter into an argument or debate on this, yep, just rather than we're, saying, yeah, don't yeah. be, don't be a half cock jacknape. And I, I like, like I, my news sites are like I don't know what you would determine from what I. 
my points of view on the world from looking at my news sites because I like I go, oh, what did they say? Yeah. Well, how does this site cover that too? Because they're often like, oh, this is it. This is what's important to them, and they're pulling at this thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's that's my default. Like I don't have like this. My, I'm going to go to this one person to tell me how to think. My prominent news sites are a 404 page and the hamster dance. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>